Hello, everybody, and welcome to the December 4th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josie. And ladies and gentlemen, we got some big news today. As the war on drugs continues its collapse after five decades of failure, House passes historic bill to decriminalize cannabis. As the cannabis industry continues to take root state by state, the House representatives voted in favor of removing marijuana from Federal Controlled Substances Act, which yeah, obviously makes sense. And by the way, we knew that there was no reason to have marijuana listed as a Schedule One drug, putting it in the same realm as heroin and LSD when we first did that. And people tend to forget this. It wasn't even a felony until the Nixon administration. Up until then, yeah, it wasn't legal. It wasn't legal. It hadn't been properly legal since the 30s. Um, when the Office of Prohibition needed something to demonize. So they looked at marijuana and said, well, the Mexicans are going to smoke it. Seriously, this is what they did. This is what they did. They said the Mexicans are going to smoke this. The phrase marijuana is specifically supposed to sound kind of Spanish. And then they, I don't know, rape white people or something. It wasn't very clear what exactly they were going to do, but it was the Mexicans smoking it, and the Mexicans are bad, so obviously we should ban it. Um, if only because it will annoy those Mexicans. Me, no. <laughs> uh, me, uh, Mexicans were not pleased with this. But it was, even then, it was only a misdemeanor at the time. It was basically like you just paid some fines if you were caught. It wasn't a felony until the Nixon administration. And they admitted this at the time. John Ellsworth, I, I think that was the guy's name, a top Nixon aide, directly said that the reason why marijuana was made illegal is because they couldn't make it illegal to be against the war in Vietnam. That's why it started. That is why the whole war on drugs started. And in fact, at the same time, Nixon officially declared the war on drugs. There was a bipartisan commission in Congress that had looked into the research and found no evidence of the bullshit the government fed on us or fed us regarding it that you know, it's a hallucinogen, and if you smoke it, it will make your you make your toes fall out and make your head all soft. You know, shit like that. Um, and Nixon just ignored that. We knew this was bullshit 50 years ago, and yet we still fought this nonsensical war on drugs. The House voted Friday, that's today, on the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, or MORE Act which decriminalizes cannabis and clears the way to erase nonviolent federal marijuana convictions. The Senate is unlikely to approve the bill. Yeah, because McConnell has openly said that he has no plans, none, of allowing a pro-marijuana legalization bill to pass while he's in control of the Senate, which is another reason, by the way, we need to get Loeffler and Purdue out in January during the runoff. Um, so that way we can at the very least take the Senate away from McConnell. Um, because McConnell is quite possibly the most disgusting man in the Senate right now. And there's the, well, 
Okay, no, Loeffler's the most disgusting one. But McConnell's up there. McConnell's up there. Um, yeah, his entire strategy, and I know this is not a new thing to say, this is obvious to everyone, he admits this, is obstructionism. Is ignoring what the people actually want, and is instead just sitting down and saying, well, listen, we're not going to do anything. Of course, he'll push through utter nonsense um, while leaving this huge stack of bills. He, I once heard him brag that there was this huge stack of bills on his desk that he wasn't going to put up for a vote. Not that wouldn't pass, mind you, they just wasn't even going to vote. Uh, you weren't even going to hold a vote on. Now, wait a minute. If the bills are so bad, and mind you, Republicans control the Senate so they could still vote down anything they want, why don't you just introduce them already? You think they're going to fail? You think they're bad bills? Okay, well then, let the Senate um, majority, which you control, actively vote on them. No, it's because he knows that they would succeed and he just doesn't like that. Um, which, in my mind, is nothing more than... This isn't even, like, normal obstructionism. That's the thing. This isn't even normal obstructionism. This is just... This is advanced obstructionism. <laughs> That's what it is. The Moore Act also creates pathway for ownership opportunities in the emerging industry, allowing veterans to obtain medical cannabis recommendations from the veterans' affairs doctors and establishes funding sources to reinvest in communities disproportionately affected by the war on drugs. Agree with both of those completely. Friday's vote was the first time a full chamber of Congress has taken on the issue of federally decriminalizing cannabis. Of the vote count, 222 Democrats were in favor of the Moore Act and six were against it. Five Republicans voted in favor of it and 158 voted against passing it. Uh, that's your reminder that Republicans suck. And by the way, by the way, I remember I was seeing on, I think it was NBC. No, no, it was CBSN. It was CBSN. They were making this big deal about how even some Republicans are now in favor of this. And it showed, like, Matt Gatiz, that stupid guy from Florida, uh, go on there and say, yeah, the government's lied to us. Five! Five people! One, two, three, four, five. Even some Republicans support it. Yeah, Republicans who know that they'd be cannibalized. If they voted against it still. Where can you even find, let's see, that'd be 164 total members of Congress voting against legalization. Where can you even find that large of a group of people just in the wild anymore? Marijuana legalization is an incredibly popular policy and has been since, well, really since the 2010s or so. Um, and mind you, we all kind of knew that it was bullshit since it really started, but nobody ever said, you know what, why don't we just legalize it then, until around the 2010. And truth be told, it's really not enforced in most communities in the United States anymore, and specifically, again, because we knew it was utter bullshit from the start.
You know, if you look at the actual arrest rates, they're incredibly low right now. Because, as we, we knew, it was utter bullshit. So really, all this is, is it's Congress moving forward to the 21st century. Although I am still very happy that even the House would vote on it. Because something like this would never have even gotten a House vote, probably as recently as a decade ago. If not even more recently. Like, you know, maybe 2014, 2015, this could theoretically enter Congress and go somewhere. But no, not really. No, not until very recently has the war on drugs really been fully exposed as the sham it is. And it is a sham, make no mistake. I've said in the past, my first real political position was being against the war on drugs because I recognized the war on drugs was an utter failure from the start, from, from the start. And as it stands, here, here's more evidence that the war on drugs is finally collapsing in on itself. That's what's going on. It's collapsing in real time and has been for the past decade or so. And let me just tell you, I simply could not be happier to see this. Anyway, I tend to ignore the more dazzling celebrity side of politicians. Hence why I don't really talk about AOC or, oh my god, did you see that great quip Kamala Harris had? That was... That was a big mood. It wasn't a small mood. It wasn't a medium-sized mood. It was a double XL mood with a side of fries and a large drink, damn it. What does that even mean? Uh, but I saw this on Twitter, and I, I couldn't help but take a minute to really admire it, to really admire it. Now, you've seen AOC's merchandiser shop. It's shopocasiocortez.com. And I'm just looking at some of these products. And the fact they exist absolutely amaze me. Uh, there's, of course, the Green New Deal dog collar. Why, why do you need a Green New Deal dog collar, of all things? Is that like... A thing that's in high demand? Like, I'm looking through a lot of this. Okay, bumper stickers, shirts, hats, organic onesie. Okay, I, I guess that makes sense. A pen, a, a button, you know, just shit like that. Okay, I understand. I, I understand. Now, why a dog collar? And, this, of course, some of these um, shirts are absolutely amazing. One of them has student debt written on it, but then crossed out. Get it? Cancel student debt? You, you could just write that. Instead of trying to do the aesthetic, that would probably actually be better, all things considered. Like, none of the other ones have that. Like, I also see an Abolish Ice one. It doesn't have ice, then crossed out. No, it says Abolish Ice. Why not just say Cancel Student Debt? 
Uh, drink water. Don't be racist. Good advice. Good advice. Um, on both ends, to be clear, I do encourage the drinking of water and the not being racist. Uh, there's an AOC Plus Me t-shirt, specifically marked as unisex. Um, one of which has the phrase repeated five times. And the other of which has AOC, then the word plus. Why, why write that out? And then me in, like, bedazzled letters. And I should also note, aesthetically, it just looks awful. Like, I I'm not some kind of fashion expert. I'm not going to pretend I am. Okay? I'm really not. I'm really not. Most of my shirts are, like, just solid colors. Um, but... We have a solid red here, okay, then a solid blue, that, that's the AOC and the plus, and then in letters bigger than both of those, you have bedazzled me. Just, no, that's bad, everything, and by the way, the other AOC plus me shirt, is not designed like that. It's three solid colors. Only the big one, the one with the big me, has the bedazzled me, and I have no idea why. And then, of course, there is the absolutely amazing, and you really can't make this up, Tax the Rich Sweatshirt for $58. Now, I'm going to actually see, will it charge me, okay, will the price, no, no, okay. So no matter what size I select, it's the same price. That might actually have something to do with why it's so expensive. Um, but anyway, <laughs> this, this is only up for pre-order at the moment, by the way. I should note, I should note. And of course, I have no issue with AOC. Wanting to make her own line of clothing. Tons of politicians do that. Especially tons of incredibly popular ones. It's the same reason I don't disparage Bernie Sanders for, you know, writing a best, writing like two best-selling books. And becoming a millionaire off of it. Even most socialists don't really take issue with the gaining of wealth in that specific context. Um... But with that said, $58 for a sweatshirt. Uh, for any size, by the way, for any size. Ranging from small to XXXL, which, by the way, and this is only going to bother me, I know. They didn't spell out extra, but they did spell out large. It's XXX large. And that, again, that's only going, to, that, that only annoys me, I know. God, it annoys me. Um, but I wanted to take a minute to really think about just why it's so expensive. AOC lists why it's so expensive on her website, actually. And let me tell you, I think the people who are America Firsters are really going to like the reason.
as complained about on Fox News. Okay, that that's kind of funny. Please notice the pre-order made in the USA. Union printed, 100% cotton, gender neutral fit, designed by Jordan Rosenberg. No idea who that is. So I want you all to remember that. Uh, made in the USA and union printed specifically. You know, the American Mind, which is ran by Orrin Cass, is that, you know, is that Orrin Cass's product? No, American Mind isn't Orrin Cass. That's Claremont Institute. I forget what Orrin Cass's stupid project is, but it's stupid, so who cares? Um, is doing this whole thing about how actually the right should embrace unions. And now that's apparently going to be a bipartisan consensus in the next couple of decades. And by the way, as somebody who has known people who's worked with union workers, nobody likes union workers. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you want to see what pure unionization does to the consumer, talk to anyone who's ever worked with Amtrak about Amtrak. I'm being dead serious when I say that. You know, this is not something the consumer is really benefiting from. Now, with that said, with that said, there are benefits to the employees, and I would never ban unionization, not in the slightest. And there are, again, unions that do have tangible benefits to employees, and if, hey, if you feel those are worth it, then go right ahead, buddy. I'm not going to stop you. However, this idea that actually if we were all unionized, everything would be so much better. No, I'm sorry. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. First off, because every union that survived Reagan was is, is just a scam. It's just a scam. Okay? You know, we did massive union busting back when Reagan was president. And the end result is, and especially after a few decades of right to work, any union that exists today in the United States is almost certainly a scam, far as I'm concerned. And by the way, most workers know this. There was a case in, I think it was North Carolina, where a union appeared at some factories and tried to get workers to sign up. And the workers refused, not because they were threatened or anything, because they just didn't see the benefit. Um... And so what did they do? They, of course, went to the government and tried to get the state of North Carolina to force the workers to unionize, which luckily failed. But no, this is what we were seeing. And of course, the Made in the USA. What was I telling you about? What was I warning you about? Well, seriously. Of the entire point of trying to do this whole America made shtick is simply... To make it so you, you're worth less. That's it. And that's, well, I pointed this out a few months ago when there was this whole crusade against cheap goods. Oh no, things are affordable. How dare we allow this? How is, how can we as a civilization devolve to the point where we've allowed things to become affordable? Clearly, TVs and computers and the like, those aren't meant for stupid proles, okay? Those are only meant for upper-class members of society. You know, Shane Killian once broke down what it would look like pre-NAFTA to buy all the parts of this cell phone, some of which would have been actively impossible. 
You know, you couldn't really do video chat in any form in the 90s. Like, unless you were a CEO or you were on cable news. Then maybe, maybe. Um, but no, he, he calculated it would be like $20,000 to make what you bought for five hundred, in large part because of free trade. And of course, that's one of the main reasons why a lot of protectionists, if you look at it, are in the upper class. They are. You think the average poor person, if you sat them down and asked them, would you like to spend 20 grand on this phone? Um, they, they would say, what the hell no, I'll do anything to not do that. And then, but I, of course, of course, you know better than the stupid proles. You know way better than the stupid proles. And, you know, it normally only just kind of annoys me with how pretentious they clearly are. But the, I really lost it when they were applying that to medicine back at the start of the COVID pandemic. Now, they've backed off of that since. But don't forget, there was a point where they were seriously talking about, remember the phrase, break the medical supply chain? Which essentially just meant limit the amount of medicine in the U.S. because it comes from the wrong country because nationalism is a death cult. So yeah, to everyone making fun of this, well, this is the nationalist, isolationist future we're heading towards. So, you know what? Maybe, maybe don't be so quick to judge. Seriously. I mean, if this is the future we're heading towards of $58 sweatshirts, it's going to be awful, don't get me wrong. But at the very least, uh, some ghoul in Washington can say that I don't know what he can say. That he stopped these stupid proles from getting cheap goods. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I am very angry at nationalism as a concept, and AOC is certainly a nationalist. If you can't tell by the fact that my podcast is called Peaceful Globalist Review, I'm not really a fan of nationalism. Uh, <laughs> so, just, just to be clear, guys, just to be clear, but now, I say, you know what? If you don't want this future, you actually hate America or some shit. You actually want to sell us out to China by making it so the dumb proles can afford things. I know I keep saying proles, but it's just the most obvious example. Anyway, last thing for tonight. We're going to head off with two uh, shorter topics. First off. Now, the COVID-19 vaccine has been progressing and going through trials basically nonstop over the past couple of, well, over the course of a year. Um, and now, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George W. Bush have all agreed to take the COVID vaccine, specifically in hopes of bringing public trust to it. Because when I think of three people conspiracy theorists are likely to trust, I think of three former two-term presidents. Well, I just want to be clear, by the way, I ain't taking any vaccine my boy Jimmy ain't taking. Just to, just to be clear, just to get that off the table. <laughs> but seriously, do they really think that's going to work? Oh, don't worry, don't worry, we had George Soros take the vaccine. So that means it's safe. Don't you worry. 
Uh, Henry Kissinger also took it, and he seems to be going just fine. Actually, he looks green. Although Henry Kissinger always looks green, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick is what's happening in Georgia. Over the past couple of weeks, uh, specifically over this week, some Republicans, led by the efforts of Cindy Powell and Lynn Wood, Lynn Wood, by the way, was not only a Democratic donor who had donated to Obama's campaign and John Edwards' campaign and people like that, but had also donated to the challenger to Thomas Macy, who is one of the few Republicans who's actually worth something. So immediately, this guy is not on my good side. Sorry, sorry, but... If you want to bill yourself as this true conservative, and your big thing is you also went after Thomas Macy, well, okay, I normally don't particularly care for the typical conservative policies. I'm not a Republican, but I, like, hate you a little bit more than if you were just partisan. I'm just going to be blunt with you, and I hate this stupid fucking grift what he's doing, that he's been doing... To my knowledge, since he got involved with Covington, remember that? Like, the media spent, like, a day making fun of some kid who smiled in a march for life. And now, all of a sudden, he's worthy of a billion dollars um, in damages or some shit. I, and by the way, he's also the your new lord and savior of the Republican Party, Nick fucking Sandman. I really hate Nick Sandman. But that's a different topic uh, for a different day. But fuck that kid, seriously, just fuck him. Um, he's really obnoxious. Okay, he's just really obnoxious, what can I say? <laughs> As for what I think of the movement to boycott the Georgia election, well, I'm all in favor of it because it means Loeffler and Purdue are going to lose, which is great, especially Loeffler. And by the way, just think for a second that there's a sizable amount of the Republican Party who are saying, vote red no matter who, even if that person, as Loeffler has, introduces legislation that allows schools to grope your children. That's what Loeffler did. Now, she excused it with, well, it was just to hurt the trans kids, which is not a good excuse, side note, but we all know it's going to be abused. Now, we hear all the time from these people about how public schools are actually a massive deluge of sexual abuse. Meanwhile, they're allowing schools to grow kids just in case they might be trans. Just in case. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, if you do that, you're objectively evil. There's no way around it. Um, but as for what this movement says... The main thing these people want to happen in order to vote for the Senate Republicans is they want Georgia to give its electoral votes to Donald Trump. Of course, there have been two recounts since then, and they've both gone 10,000 votes in favor of Biden. But now Brian Kemp is actually talking about doing a statewide audit. Audit, in giant quotes. Again, Biden votes are found in ballot boxes. Trump votes are found on SD cards. Remember that. Uh, I cannot get over that. I, I cannot get over that story. I know that it was like a month ago. I can't get over it. Or no, it was two weeks ago, actually. They just found a fucking SD card with Trump votes on it. 
Where do you find those? <laughs> Where were they previously? Nothing suspicious here, people. But now, what this shows is, first off, the MAGA people are ungodly stubborn because they're part of a cult. And second off, they're part of a cult. Nationalism is a death cult. I have said that before, and I'm going to say that again. And these people... These are the same people, by the way, who held a big show when libertarians didn't show up to vote for Trump. Uh, Spectre even ran a piece specifically insulting libertarians for not voting for Trump. Very good way to get them to vote, by the way, just keep insulting them. Um, yeah, wh why won't you vote for us? By the way, fuck you, I hope you die. <laughs> I thought you guys had moved past libertarianism. That's what Josh Hawley keeps saying. No, actually, you still need them. I guess. So, you know what? Maybe stop insulting them. Maybe stop saying that actually they're awful. And they'll consider it. Maybe, though. Only maybe. Um, but no. Back to the point I was making. Uh, I'm sorry. I, that annoyed me so much when it happened. Oh my god! We spent the past four years saying that actually libertarians don't matter. Why aren't they voting for us? Because you're saying they don't matter. Why do you think they aren't voting for you? <laughs> Listen, believe it or not, most libertarians are not into BDSM. Okay, they aren't into sadomasochism. I know, I know, it, it's very hard to believe, especially considering so many of you guys are because you're all a bunch of fucking degenerates. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the commentary you don't get anywhere else. I haven't said that in a while. I just realized I hadn't said that in like a month or two, but it's still true. This is the commentary you don't get anywhere else. But no, what it shows is the MAGA people are nothing more than a bunch of stubborn cultists. And you know what? They have every right to be. They really do. Donald Trump came up to them and said, I'm going to solve all your problems. He basically saying, don't worry, be happy at you for four years. Which is why, by the way, they couldn't handle the pandemic. Because this idea that something could be going wrong with Trump in the White House was absolutely unbelievable to them. Um, and now, Trump has essentially billed himself as a cult leader. And now, what do you expect to happen? This is entirely the Republican Party's fault for allowing Trump to go anywhere in the first place, as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? If Trumpism leads to a divide that permanently kills the GOP, I don't see an issue with that. I really don't. I really don't. I hope it happens, in fact. Would be pretty cool if it happened, not gonna lie. Anyway, that's all. That's our show, and have a good weekend.